0: Welcome back to another episode, long-awaited episode. I know you've been sitting on the edge of your seat for this new episode of "They Would Have Got Away With It." I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined by the illustrious Johnny Townsend.
1: Hey, hey, uh, I've—I don't know about you, Chris, but I've been working on my impressions. Right, like it, it's what I do every day. I just work on impressions of different people and, and and things like not even just people like and things i've
0: been doing that l- lately i've been working on my sonic the hedgehog impression
1: oh you're that's flawless like don't, we don't even need to talk that's how flawless that is <laughs> don't even- you are my canon sonic the hedgehog <laughs> that's how good it is uh, but i need to work on my impressions game so uh, like you can literally right now i'm so good i'm so confident you can throw me any name or anything and i guarantee you i can do that impression
0: helicopter uh galloping horse. Um, Japanese chef chopping vegetables. Um, a rapper who's beatboxing. <laughs> You're amazing, dude. You're on point.
1: I, I mean, I spit on the mic a little bit. Wanna, other than that,
0: I want to hear. Can you do Christopher Walken?
1: Sure can. Here we go. <clears throat> All right. Johnny Townsend doing Christopher Walken. Here we go. <clears throat> Christopher Walken. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I, I am uh, Christopher Walken. There you, go. <laughs> there you go.
0: Where did this come about? Like where were you just you were just sitting there going, you know what? I think I'm gonna give this a shot. Hey mom. I throw yeah. me a word.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but for some reason I find it really enjoyable. <laughs> I find it way more enjoyable, I should say. And this is what's wrong with me: when somebody can't do an impression, like it's tw- it's twice as funny to me if the impression is awful.
0: So you must hate my so, Sonic the Hedgehog because it's that's wild it's on point.
1: Your, your Sonic the Hedgehog is the most truest Sonic the Hedgehog I've ever heard. Like there will be no others. You are the Mark Hamill of Jokers when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> that is the voice of Sonic. You pity me yeah so it's <laughs> amazing for all you who don't know what we're talking about my other show retro bliss which is about old school video games uh we have a patreon over there and it's patreon slash retro bliss and uh chris was kind enough to <laughs> to be a guest on one of our patreon only audio and uh, he portrayed the great sonic the hedgehog and flawlessly doesn't even come close to explain how great it was.
0: I'm not even going to do it for the creepers. They're going to have to go lo- go go yeah. subscribe to the Patreon just for this, yeah. and then cancel the next month. But at least just yeah. to hear this.
1: Yeah, for as low as a dollar. So uh, wait, is that what it is? You
0: get it's only a dollar for them to get your audio.
1: I'll be honest, I think, but Trevor does all that <laughs> stuff. <so laughs> that could be way wrong. He's going to be like Johnny. No, not a dollar. Not a dollar. <laughs> I could have just ruined everything.
0: <laughs> He's going to get all his angry mail. What's going on? Yeah. uh johnny promised us um yeah yeah no but definitely guys check out the other show retro bliss and go support because definitely it's it's an amazing show and you guys do some some really fun great stuff in there but uh this is they would have got away with it this is basically so we decided we were going to start a new sub genre or sub show on the history creeps feed um and we were very gung-ho for it uh and then we started hitting the holidays and when i say the holidays October is the holidays for me, man. Halloween is a holiday 100% uh, to be taken as serious. Um, Not just that, you know, we just had some scheduling issues. So we did a couple of history creeps in a row, a couple of that's odds. uh, But now we're back on track after we got through our creepy holiday month. We're back on track with, they would have got away with it. uh, That's odd. will be back, back. History creeps and how bizarre. So We got a lot planned coming for the rest of this year and into next for the Creepers. But today's episode, they would have got away with it. We did promise you after the first one, we covered the BTK uh, killer, BTK. Um, This one, we were going to be covering the Golden State Killer, because at the time, we had just finished watching uh, an HBO Max documentary covering the Golden State Killer and Michelle McNamara, an author's journey to trying to discover who this guy was.
1: Right. Yes. Uh, and it's very very good uh what's it called again it's uh I'll be gone in, the, in dark. the dark I'll be gone in the dark yes highly recommend it it's really really good it's like six epi- how many episodes yeah, is it six six episodes six or eight or thir- somewhere 30, somewhere 30 somewhere in there yes between six and thirty episodes <laughs> uh we both highly recommend it it's really really good really well done uh it's but it's also obviously it's not just tragic because of all the terrible things that this I won't even say he's a man. This monster did, yeah. Uh, but you know, the author Michelle tragically passed away at a young age too, mm-hmm. uh, while even before this this monster was captured. So she didn't even get to see that. So that makes it twice as tragic. And not that
0: far apart, man. I think it was only like right. a year or or, or maybe yeah. two years at the most that she died before he was caught. So could you imagine? Like this was one yeah. of her life's goals. This thing that kind of, you know engulfed her life she became very obsessed with it uh unfortunately she didn't get a chance to see you know the end of it we did um so we did, was saying that i would definitely have creepers go check out that documentary um you know they're definitely going to cover it. it's much more in depth than how we're going to cover it one of the things we were discussing before we started recording today is you know they would have got away with it is going to be focusing on you know crimes that were that were solved people who got caught um and why they got caught so a lot of times when they do deal with killers uh murderers rapists that kind of thing we don't want to delve too deep into the actual crimes we don't want to just kind of obsess over those because you can find other crime documentaries podcasts that really get in deep on what happened at each of these crimes um you know we like to discuss it we'll we'll bring up you know the person's background or the background of the story but the main focus is how they got caught so um with that said you ready to kick this off
1: yeah, and just real quick, uh you know, a lot of these these subhumans who who do these things, especially the ones that do a lot of these things like the Golden State killer, the serial rapist and the serial killer, uh it gets kind of gr- gratuitous yeah. in a way. Well, when yeah. you just keep uh but in no way are we obviously are we not trying to uh you know, push back what horribleness was forced upon these people yeah. uh, who went through some things I couldn't even begin to imagine what would be like. So, uh, it's not that it's just that there's other places you can go for that. Well, obviously we'll, we'll touch on them. Uh, we'll mention them obviously, cause that's part of the story. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I think we both kind of agree we don't, we don't want to get Super deep on the, in the weeds when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. So um, I think the way we're gonna we're gonna jump into this today is we're not even gonna discuss who this person was. What we're gonna do is we're gonna discuss how they came into uh, you know the the forefront of, of society at that time, right? So we're t- we're going back to seventy three. Night between nineteen seventy three and nineteen seventy six uh, in Visalia, California. There were a number of uh, of burglaries, uh, break-ins. You know, people would come home and find that somebody had come and in, broken into their house, had gone through things, um, <clears throat> ransacked. You know, they'd be going through. They'd be going through. You know dresser drawers and, and pulling out women's, you know, undergarments, you know, going through some jewelry and little things. And they would notice that they, you know, certain things would be stolen, but they were usually things that were of not, I wouldn't say little value. There was some value to it, but most of all, it was, it, it was, it wasn't high value because in plain sight, they would have uh, real, ex, real expensive jewelry or, or literally money sitting around and, um, and and it's left behind. So so it just looked like this person was 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 all about just kind of getting into people's stuff and and leaving that fear that they he had broken into the house. Uh, and it happened so much between this many this amount of time that uh, I believe it said it was up to about 120 burglaries. Um, that they gave the guy a nickname. He was known as the Vesalia Ransacker at the time.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be a recurring thing for for him. Is uh, he'll get many nicknames because. And they didn't realize it's the same person doing all these things, uh, and uh, I think it's well known that. So I got a little. This is way off topic, but I got a little kitten that's just staring at me, and if you <laughs> hear a little meowing, that's what it is. Uh, but uh, it's he. He would uh, move, but he. I think everything was in California, but he would move yes. up and down California. Yeah. And uh, as with a lot of these monsters, he started out small. Yep. And sadly, we'll get worse and worse.
0: Yeah. And as we found when we found out who it was and they started looking at his background, it usually started it, when when you find out that some of the things he was into and doing as a, as a teenager. Typically, this is what you're seeing. You're seeing that this is the pattern and what happens to these people uh, and where they go from there. So this so the, this this Visalia ran uh, ransacker. He again, you know, it happened between, you know, 75. What did I say? 73 and 76. Yes. Um attributed they attributed over 120 burglaries to him uh also there's a lot of different reports where um peeping tom these these incidents of peeping toms where people would would uh you know see somebody doing that and chase them off and so so a lot of that was attributed to this guy as well but there was also yeah, which, one I'm which which
1: s- yeah which even even those things while small compared to the other stuff he would eventually do Even those are like a big invasions of your, of your life. I've, I'm very fortunate that I've never had like a real, I mean, I've had stuff stolen from me, but I've never had like, you know, knock on wood, I've never had anybody like break into my house or anything like that. But I know plenty of people who have and how it really, really like one of my really closest friends had somebody break into their house while while, thankfully none of them were home and uh, stole a bunch of stuff, broke their windows and stuff like that. And, Um, like they they immediately uh, went all out with the security cameras and stuff right after that. So it changes you. It does. And even something as small as that just changes you.
0: Psychologically it does because it's an invasion uh, of what you've always seen as safe, completely safe, right? Now that it's no longer safe, what does that mean? How vulnerable are you? Especially if if somebody can just do that and come in, they can do that while you're sleeping and not able to protect yourself. Um, Right, yeah. I did have one time,
1: and I'm very curious if you've ever had – anything like this. You said peeping toms, which is really that to me is. Yeah, I did
0: used to do creepy. That. I mean, whoa, what, uh, never mind. <laughs> well,
1: maybe that was you. I'm about to tell the story <laughs> of no. uh, when I was young. Uh, I'm trying to remember how old I was. Uh, I think I was a teenager. Uh, I was teenage aged and uh, I was, it was, it was after midnight and I thought I heard something at my window. And this is when I had a little, little Pekingese dog and, and she would sleep on the foot of my bed and she started barking and I was like, "Something's up." So I looked out my window and saw these these eyes looking at me, and this freaked me out. Oh my god! But I you never know how you're going to react to that, right? Like I always hear people like, "Well, I'd go beat them up or whatever," uh, but you don't know until you're in that situation. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, I think it's just adrenaline or anything. I'm not remotely a badass. So let's just put that out there. I'm the biggest wuss there is. But uh, I I ran out to the door, uh, to our to our front door and looked outside. And just saw like it was he was gone, like he had booked it. He was wow. way out there. Uh but uh never th- as far as I know, it didn't happen again. But uh yeah, it was re- it took me a while to get over that. It really creeped me out. I'd have nightmares for a couple of days after that. Just these eyes just stared back at me.
0: Oh my god, no, I've never had that. That's intense, dude. And yeah. that is though. That's a, a it's a feeling of now that what you thought was normally safe it can't is not. Now so you know, it didn't it didn't do the guy didn't get in and, and thank God, you know, it didn't right. get worse, but yeah, I could imagine how that affected you. Um, so yeah, the Visalia ransacker dude, this guy was known for, you know, they attributed over 120 burglaries to this guy, uh, incidents of peeping Tom incidents of stalking. But one of the things that they also attributed to him was an actual murder in 1975 in, in the February of 75, he had been trying to peep into a window and the, the, It was basically the the window of a little girl and the father of the little girl, you know, heard stuff, went outside, kind of like you, you know, went outside to see what was going on, saw this guy and ended up giving chase. The guy ended up getting away. In September, uh, that many months later, same year, 75, this time the father awoke in the middle of the night to hearing his, his daughter screaming, but from outside the house. So when he ran out there, he saw the same guy trying to kidnap his daughter now, uh, and when he gave chase, the guy who took off running, he turned around with a gun, shot this guy, and ended up killing him. Um, So, you know, the ransacker was considered a murderer as well, never got caught. And like you said, you know, it was the reason that this guy never got caught was because there was a lot of moving. And that's what happens from 76 to 79. We start seeing other things happening in Sacramento. So... Now we start seeing burglaries that started fitting the same kind of mo, right? Of of the of what was going on with the ransacker, um, except this time now it wasn't just burglaries. Now it was it was it was going into rape. Like every time this person burglarized the house, um, he would end up binding women that were there and raping them. And this happened a lot over these three years. It happened, you know, all all within the Sacramento area. They would say that, you know, a lot of times there would be phone calls that he'd make to the house ahead of time, just quickly hanging up. And later on, we find that the reasoning for that was he was trying to figure out their their schedule. When are they home when aren't they home? And when he started to figure out their schedule, when not to be home, uh, this guy would, you know scout the house out he'd, he'd check it out he'd climb fences he'd he'd mess with doors and windows and sees which ones he could pry open and leave open um, and this became a thing that he did at all of these all of these break-ins during during this time in Sacramento he was he would visit the place ahead of time you know keep doors unlocked break in a certain way leave ligatures laying around hidden away so that he could use them later um, wait for these women to get home and then jump out and attack then he started graduating to not just women he would graduate to couples he started making sure he came into homes that had both men and women um, he'd burst into their bedrooms while they were in the middle of sleep and, and shine a flashlight in their eyes immediately and declare he had a gun and tell them not to move he would make the female tie up the, the male uh, and then he would tie up the female and this is one of the things we discuss which is the most like horrifying part of it is that a number of times, almost all the time, what he would do is he would take a stack of, of plates that he'd get from the kitchen and put that make make the male lay on his stomach, and he'd put it on the back of the male on his lower back, and basically say, "If I hear the the, the plates rattle, I'll kill you, and I'll kill your wife or your girlfriend." Sometimes he would remove the woman from the room and take her into another room and rape her over and over. Sometimes it happens for hours at a time. Uh, he'd go away and she'd think he's gone, but then she'd hear him in the kitchen rummaging through food. And that's the thing. He would go and just make himself at home, make himself a sandwich, drink beer out of the fridge, sit down. There was a lot of times they said he'd be weeping. Like he was just start crying out of nowhere, then come back and rape the woman and then finally be gone. But there'd be this whole amount of time where they were so terrified. They weren't sure if he was still around.
1: Yeah. You know when when you when you love someone like part of that is feeling like you need to protect them and he would take that away I mean in that documentary series uh, they they got a they do a lot of interviews with this couple this well they're older now obviously yeah. but uh, who survived this and you can tell just how much it really destroyed them and and how much it really like like the the guy felt helpless like he's like I'm supposed to protect her but he he couldn't uh, and these terrible, and, and this monster went and raped her and the guy couldn't do anything about it. So, uh, it just makes you feel helpless too, which is one of the, I think it's one of the worst things, uh, for your psyche, mm-hmm. uh, for a human being psyche, is to feel helpless. Like you can't do anything about it. This terrible thing that's happening to either you or someone you love and you can't, I mean, there's nothing you can do.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's just so scary to think about, um, so yeah, during this time from seventy six seventy nine, all of these these break-ins and these rapes earned him earned this guy the nickname the East Area Rapist. Now the thing was is people in Visalia back we're talking the seventies, so they're not sharing information the way we share information now. So you know police. A part, the police department in Northern California or, you know, in Visalia does, aren't aware of what's happening in Sacramento and vice versa. There's no reason for them to put these two together. However, all the break ins, all the different modes of entrance, all the different things he did in terms of the way he tied knots, the way, you know, he attacked women and plan these things out for weeks and sometimes months ahead of time, all of these things were, were almost identical. It was just that at that time they didn't share information. They didn't have that kind of information. So yeah. So uh, from 76 to 79, all of these, these things are happening. They said in total it was over 50, 50 rapes, Uh, not over, I'm sorry. It was 50 rapes from 76 to 79 starting from June 18th of 76 all the way to July 5th of 79 going all through Sacramento County, uh, Contra Costa County, Santa Clara County. Basically, it was all within that area, right? And then the rapes stop. But what we do see start start up in 1979, and it happens from 79 to, to 86, is we start seeing murder. All of a sudden, there's these murders that are happening on on the coast of California, first starting in Santa Barbara County, they would hit Orange County and Ventura County as well, but we ended up having seven murders in total from 79 to 86. This time again, it was couples that were bludgeoned, mostly all bludgeoned, and it w- they would always have um, evidence of the female having been raped, and both uh, victims, male and females, would have evidence of ligatures having been tied to their wrists and, and, and ankles. However, uh, they'd be missing, so he ended up taking them with him, but all everything else they saw started to really match up again to what the East Area Rapist would, had been doing, or the Visalia Ransacker, and n- none of these police departments were able had that information to share. So there was this understanding that this was somebody new.
1: Yeah, and I think you also have to realize this is this is just as DNA is starting to become a thing, right? Yes. Like this is like when he start when this when this monster was started doing this stuff. Uh, it was really before the. Uh, you know, before police really started using DNA. Uh, but as we'll see, as we keep going, that'll that'll change. Like technology will change and actually become a,
0: a great help. Oh, yeah. Um, so, again, so we see this and this person ends up get, getting the name the Night Stalker. But then they ended up changing it to the original Night Stalker after Richard Ramirez Uh, You know, cuts his path of of terror through Los Angeles and San Francisco, and becomes known as the Night Stalker. They said. Then they started calling this guy the original Night Stalker. So at this time, like I said, from from the early seventies into you know the eighties into eighty six, we have all of these crimes being committed down the coast of California, and no one knew what who it was. You know, as the years would go by, different investigators would come onto these 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 cases and as interaction between you know law enforcement agencies began to increase with the advent of technology more technology people working on specific cases would end up talking to each other and realizing holy cow hang on a second the Vesalia Ransacker could be the East Area Rapist and then in you know the Golden State Killer could be the East Area Rapist which means this is all done by the same guy so how is this possible And this was a case that went on for years. You know, like I said, it ended in 86 was the last uh, murder that was known. And then it was it. It it stopped people. It was a cold case. It would get picked up by every investigator that came on to, you know, the specific uh, forces at each of these areas. They'd get into this case and really try to be the one to break it. Enter, you know, the 2000s, the 2010s this idea that internet sleuths are a thing, right? You and I, private citizens could have access to so much information, so much, uh, you know, different aspects of of clues or, or evidence and do our best to try to figure it out, which is what happens here. There's a lot yes. of people that jump onto this.
1: Yeah, uh, and, it, and it still happens today with other cases and stuff. There's uh, websites that, that people go to that uh, will compile a lot of clues to unsolved cases and such, and they've actually been a lot of help and really have helped a lot. Uh, but also, you also got to be careful because well, sometimes people just throw stuff at the wall, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, in this in this case, it would end up helping, and that's kind of where we enter uh, the story of Michelle Macamera is where she kind of comes in here. Um, she, if you watch the documentary, so I don't want to give everything away, because uh, I think people should watch it. It's really really fascinating uh but she always kind of had a interest in in true crime and she had a blog this, remember she had yes. the, the
0: true crime blog and she'd cover different cases and then when she came across this one it was it it was that one yeah. that she was yeah. just like hook i'm in we got to figure this out
1: yeah uh and she really wanted to uh, because of how many people that were affected by this by this monster. And
0: she went uh, all in, too, man. She interacted with
1: she wasn't just she wasn't just behind a computer. No, she literally went to the places where these crimes happened. She would. She she, met with investigators.
0: She met with uh, survivors of the rapes of the burglaries. she met with so many different people to really do her best to try to solve this thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And a lot of people was
1: she wasn't just behind the computer. You know, she she literally went out on the field, as they say.
0: I want to put Uh, this out there. This is the things that they had to work on at the time. And even uh, a lot of the information that people like Michelle had at the time. So there were known physical characteristics of this guy. So what they were looking for was a white male, roughly about five to uh, five foot ten. At the time, he had slender athletic build. His shoe size was nine, nine and a half. He had type A blood. So that means they found blood at one of the scenes. Um so he was he's he was considered a non-secretor, which means his semen did not contain blood group antigens. I don't know what that means, but that was something that they had available. Um, and, and thank God, right? Think about that. Thank God for the the kind of foresight at the time, even though technology uh, DNA wasn't there yet, or even thinking about it would be important. They still did that. They still made sure to ca- keep samples of all of these different, you know, things that they came across.
1: Yeah, and I think they kind of had an idea what kind of person Mm -hmm. he was, Uh, you know, obviously somebody who really needed power. Like it was very important to him to have power over Mm -hmm. people, Uh, that type of person. Um, I think some people thought maybe he had some sort of law enforcement background. Yep. Uh, uh, which would turn out to be completely true mm-hmm. uh, and, and stuff like that. So they did know a little bit, but obviously that they, did, they didn't have all the clues together yet.
0: And here's the crazy thing. After 86, you would have thought that there would be nothing going on. But I told you that before when he was, you know, when the whole East Area Rapist thing was happening, he started doing this thing where he would call a lot of these women and a lot of times – after he raped them, he'd call back afterwards to continue to torture them. Months would go yeah. by, maybe a year would go by, and he'd end up calling them uh, to remind them that you know that they had done something, or that he'd say something like, "Remember me? I'm coming. I'll be coming back after you." Um, yeah. Because it's all about that power. Exactly. Yep. So eighty six, he kind of stops doing that. But then in nineteen ninety one, one of his victims received a phone call, and they spoke to him for a minute. And the woman could hear that in the background. He had there was a woman and a child and children in the background. So then then it became okay. So this guy is a family man now. Uh, in ninety one, he he called one more time, and it was in two thousand. 2000- though what?
1: could you imagine the complete gall to have, <laughs> like like to if you. To be this monster, and then you have a family, and that still doesn't stop you from. And you're on the phone
0: doing that while your family's in the background. Yes. Oh, that, my that, God. That is wow. That's why That's he's a monster, level. man. You're right. It's yeah. why he's a monster. He only did one more phone call. That was April 6, 2001, one day after an article in the Sacramento Bee uh, that linked the original Night Stalker to the East Area Rapist. So it's 2001 when they're starting to figure out these are the same people. And so this Sacramento Bee links this and says, So just what we have here, everything looks like this could be the same person. One of the rapists. Uh, or One of the, the, the rape victims got a call from him and he said, remember when we used to play? And that was that was the last thing he ever did. Um, but man, again, like you said, the gall. Right. And it kind of reminds me of BTK, like everybody had forgotten him until the news had this special. Remember saying, oh, don't forget the BTK from so many years ago and he had to come back out. You know what I mean? So um, that was all. 2001 was the last thing we heard of him until more recently right so as dna evidence starts to become a bigger thing you know fbi in in you know fbi starts using it more in a specific way then they started using these genetic genealogy uh you know websites. So like the 23andme or or uh ancestry.com. These are these places where you take a swab of your mouth or or yeah. whatever, send it in and then you could check what you want. Do you want to just know your heritage and they'll tell you your heritage or if you want to go in depth, and we could tell you your blood type, what diseases that you're more, you know, prone to, all these kinds of things. We have this technology now in the past 10 years And it gave it gave these these investigators the idea of what if we use that? Like, what if we take the DNA we have from the samples we collected uh, back in the 70s and 80s and we enter it into the system and see if they're related to anybody? And sure enough, they did. And. They found a bunch of people who could be related to this person. So doing that, they started to do this reverse DNA thing. So they went all the way back and found the common great, 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 great grandfathers and grandmothers of the time. Right. And then from there, they built all their way down, following all of the different things they could find. And they ended up finding different family trees uh, with, I believe they said, over a thousand different members in the family. Right. Yeah. Um. And it all came down to two people, I believe, is is, is the way it, it ended up happening. It was that it was one person or the other. And they decided to they found the one part, one of the people and did the DNA test and it didn't match. So next they go to this other guy who they have a feeling it could be him. Um, and what they ended up doing was initially they took a, a swab off of his car door handle and tested it. And it appeared to be a match, but they wanted to be sure. So they, they kind of hung out outside of his house one day, waited for him to bring his trash down to the, the curb for trash pickup. When no one was around, they went in and grabbed some trash and found a, uh, a tissue that he had blown his nose in or something. And so they used that. And it was a hundred percent match. They had found, in 2018. They found the golden state killer, the original golden state killer.
1: Yeah. After all these years, it, it was one of those 23 and me type things that that did it
0: and it was an old man too at the t- obviously yep. now he's an old man and he, so he was an older man he was living with his daughter and her child uh, in the house he was retired um So the Golden State Killer ended up being a man by the name of Joseph uh, James D'Angelo. So here's a little bit of background on Joseph James D'Angelo. He was born November 8th, 1945 in Bath, New York. He was the son of a sergeant in the United States Army. His dad was a sergeant in the United States Army. He had two younger sisters and a younger brother. And I was telling you that, you know, they found out a lot more about this kid's past uh, or about this man's past, which kind of fills in the blanks of what kind of person this is. So according to one of his family members, when D'Angelo was a young child, he witnessed his seven-year-old sister being raped by two airmen in a warehouse in, in West Germany. So that's a lot, right? That already is going to yeah. damage you. Between 59 and 60, he went to, to uh, Mills Junior High School in Rancho Cordova, California. So now we know, you know, he's living in California. You know, one of the things that was... was reported about his youth during this time while he's in high school again it kind of fits into the pieces uh was that in high school he would commit burglaries and he would also torture and kill animals so right there's the red flag yeah they always say anytime you see people torturing and killing animals as kids that that's not a good sign you better get yeah
1: you need to keep an eye on them yeah.
0: <laughs> you start getting them some help immediately Uh, He would end up joining the Navy in September of 64, serving 22 months uh, in Vietnam as a damage controlman on the cruiser USS Canberra uh, and the destroyer tender USS Piedmont. In In 68, he attended college in Rockland, California, where he graduated with an associate degree in police science with honors. He attended Sacramento State University in 71, earning a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, and he later took postgraduate courses to further police training uh, at the College of Sequoias. So, yes, he did that 32 week police internship and became a police officer. He was a police officer from 73 to 76 in Exeter, California, which was only 10 miles near Visalia. So right there, that puts him in the same place, same time as the Ransacker with the same kind. Of, now he's got the, the knowledge, man. Think about that. This yeah, guy knows yeah. what criminal investigators look for. You know, what's the best ways for people to get in and out of houses like this guy's got the knowledge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More importantly, how to not leave uh, clues like what clues they would look for. So he knew what not to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, in the, in the eighties, his employment history was unknown from 1990 until his, until his retirement in 2017. Think about that too. The dude had been working the rest of his life. Who knows if he had done things. I believe that, you know, when asked that he didn't admit to anything else. So he had stopped kind of doing all of this stuff, worked his whole life, the rest of his life out, finally retired, probably had a retirement party with the people he worked with. Um, and then the next year he gets arrested. Can you imagine that? Like you think, ah, now I can kick back and relax. Yeah, you will in a cell.
1: Yeah. I, I also think in these cases, not only are there the obvious victims, but the family who had no idea this was happening is are victims as well. I mean, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be his daughter, for example. Uh, I couldn't even imagine finding out that that's what your dad like you. You had this one image of who your dad was. And then, all of a sudden, this other side of him that you had no idea about this monster that was there uh comes out and i I do not know how you how you could deal with that like that would destroy my psyche for sure
0: right so yeah, so the guy you know he retires, and then again a year later, this comes out so he gets he's arrested uh you know taken into custody, and they said when he was taken into custody that he was sitting in the room and was kind of like mumbling to himself because he kept saying that there was this other personality to him that made him do it that uh you know it wasn't him so he's he's sitting in this confession room uh or the in in the interrogation room and he start it says according to the sacramento county prosecutor Thien ho D'Angelo said to himself while alone in a police interrogation room after his arrest quote I didn't have the strength to push him out. He made me. He went with me. It was like in my head, I mean. He's a part of me. I didn't want to do those things. I pushed Jerry out and had a happy life. I did all those things. I destroyed all their lives, so now I've got to pay the price. And he, he was. He didn't fight it. He didn't say he was he was innocent. He he admitted it, that he had done those things. Um you know, there was a, a, the court case went from 2019, uh, and they wanted to seek the death penalty. Um, judge ruled that cameras could be allowed in the courtroom. And then he said that he would admit to all of this stuff if they did remove the death penalty. And it ended up that they did remove it. So on June 29th, he pleaded guilty, uh, June 29th, 2019, I'm sorry, 2020, that was this year. That's right. Yeah, just happened. Yeah. He pleaded guilty to 13 counts of first degree murder and special circumstances, as well as 13 counts of kidnapping in a deal to avoid the death penalty. On August 21st, 2020, he received multiple consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. And then he offered a brief apology. He ended up standing up and he takes his, his covid mask off. Uh Again, looking like a frail old man, he looks over to the jury and then some of the people in the prosecuting side and says, "You know, I've listened to all your statements, each one of them, and I'm truly sorry to everyone I have hurt. Thank you, Your Honor." That's it. You can see this on YouTube. They, sh- they it's, it's a very, it's very calculated the way he says it. It's not like all at once he's saying it with right. each intent. Um, and he just sounds like a feeble old man. It makes you think, like, really, this is the guy. But we got to remember. This guy was a strapping 23 a 30, 25 26 year old 30 year old man who was making these decisions and doing this to people
1: right yeah a lot changes to a person you know decades after decades so uh, yeah but thankfully I mean even though he was an older man so he got to live some a lot of his life free that part still kind of stings yeah I mean it, that still makes me mad. And I wasn't even one of the ones who was affected by him, so I couldn't even imagine if you were a victim of his. Yeah, uh, But at the very least, he was caught in the end. He didn't get to live his whole life free, and he's definitely never going to see the light of day again, I wouldn't think.
0: Yeah, and like you said, the, the, you know, the fact that what it must be to be his daughter um, or any yeah. family members who are like, what? Like, are you serious? The other side of it, too, you know, I mean, and we're assuming that he's not just a, a complete monster in everything as a whole right obviously he probably loved his kids he had family relationships there were days that he probably sat there and had normal conversations with with you know loved ones and
1: well well heck we you know we the other episode of this was the btk yeah. and uh, his daughter had come out and talked about stuff and like, th- that guy would take his whole family out for dinners and stuff I and mean, act like everything was like they were a great hunky-dory family. Yeah, but this guy, and,
0: imagine having put that kind of behind him. And maybe he did, in his mind, as he was older, think, I can't believe I did all that. Like, to him, it was it's horrific, right? But now I have a chance. I was never caught, so I can do better. I'll live a better life. And then that yeah. right, gets busted. Um, but then he gets busted with this new technology and this kind of new thing, this kind of... This genealogy, this this kind of tracing your roots thing. So I wanted to ask you, this is, you know, they would have got away with it because he would have. He would have got away with it if we didn't have this. What are your thoughts on that, Johnny? Because typically that's not the, the, the use for this. This is more of a personal thing for people wanting to look into their roots, their past, maybe uh, medical history. But now there's a chance that this could be used to solve crimes that have been unsolved because we didn't have this as an option.
1: Yeah, aren't they starting to use this more and more for other cases? I think I think yeah, I've heard that before. They
0: are, and the, but there are people who, and this isn't people defending criminals, but it's, it's this idea of privacy. Saying, "Is this okay?" Yeah, yeah, that's that's because maybe uh, I'm not the commit the person committing it, but now you're going through my background of stuff because I'm right. I'm tied up by an eighth to this guy you're looking for, and that's not that's my private life. Like, who are you guys to go delving through all this stuff?
1: Yeah, and. I think most of us are obviously innocent of things, but it's still kind of weird to have people looking into your life. Right. You know, it's kind of a a weird thing to have happen. Uh, I don't know. Um, At the end of the day, I'm way more – I I think I lean towards being okay with it just because we're getting these monsters and catching them. Uh, And to me, that's the most important because you bring at least some sense of closure or something – to so many families who deserve it, who deserve some bit of light in this darkness that's been cast upon them. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I also understand the other argument for it of, of well, yeah, I mean, that's true. It can do that, but it can also be used in other negative ways, like to invade people's privacies and stuff. But we've been having an argument with all kinds of stuff, right? I mean, yeah. uh, just on the, on the last uh, History Creeps, I talked about how, like on video games now, they're recording what, what you're talking yep. what you're talking yep. and your iphones and your cell phones have been doing that forever like they know everything you've ever looked up on it's, your phone it's
0: funny because we used to we joked about it initially and then the jokes yeah. just became part of reality that when we found yeah. out it was true it's just kind of like duh we've been joking about it we know
1: yeah literally i literally it's uh, i sent chris a text about uh how i was going to get into vinyl records and stuff and i was being serious and then literally uh, i would get on uh like a random website or something like Facebook, and then there'd be ads for that. You know?
0: Record players so, for sale.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's that's obviously a way less important thing compared to someone who's who's done some terrible crimes and yeah. hurt some people. But um it's the, it's kind of both sides of the same coin. Uh, I mean, are we okay with it? I think at the end of the day, I I am because I'm glad this this. This monster got caught. Yeah. Uh, I really am. And and while I would think it would be weird for people to look into my history and back life, there's nothing there. But, you know, it's just kind of weird to have that happen.
0: Let me ask so, you, um, yeah. Would you, uh, would you do this? Would you do your DNA background check and see? Would you do that or have you done it? I've not done it. I've thought about it.
1: Uh, it's just, to just to see where my family came from. I mean, I have an idea from what I've been
0: told, but
1: like, they really break the, break this stuff down big time from what I've seen. So I've never done it, but I'm not against doing it.
0: Okay. So wouldn't it be weird though? You do it and then you find out like, Oh, by the way, you know, great uncle. So-and-so was a mass murderer. This was the, the Villisca ax murderer.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, you know that AJ Holmes fella. Yeah. <laughs>
0: can you yeah. imagine, like, that would oh, be, guess bon what? Bon <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. What a what a discovery. So uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you. I think you know I I have my ifs ifs about the whole you know 23andMe kind of thing too because even though they say they don't do it, what are the chances in the future that laws change, things change, regulations change, where now they can use it and insurance companies can say we're not going to offer you insurance anymore because it says you're more prone to this and your family, you know, and we yeah. can't risk that. So, and
1: we all know insurances are already looking for a way out, not to be insurances.
0: Exactly. So. <laughs> but so I get, I guess there's, there's good and bad that comes with it and we have to outweigh it and see what, what means, you yeah. know, what's the best thing for it. But yeah, I mean, I have nothing against it. I think it'd be kind of cool too. I mean, I know a lot of my background, but not all of it. And I think it'd be really interesting to see. Uh, and again, it probably it would be a little, I think it'd freak me out too, but it would be kind of interesting to see if there was any connections to any of these kinds of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you said, all of a sudden H.H. H. Holmes <laughs> pops up on your family yeah. tree. Or some
1: name some name uh, from history pops up in there. It would be, be pretty amazing. wild. Uh, be amazing. Yeah. Who would you want?
0: Who would you want to be
1: related to? Oh, gosh. Uh, somebody who did positive things, <laughs> for sure. What did, you, uh, what did you
0: flip out if you found out you were some distant relative to Abraham Lincoln?
1: Well, I don't think there are any of those left from what oh. I've
0: understood. No, there is actually. But that would be amazing. There is actually. I just – and I'll have to send it to you off show, but I, I found an article somewhere that it was like the great, 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 great grandson or nephew or something to Lincoln is still alive today, and he looks a lot like him. Like it's ridiculous oh, wow. how much he looks like him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll send it to you. And uh, But, yeah, could you imagine, though? That would be crazy. That would be
1: wild. Yeah. Very I'd- wild. Yeah, I would definitely talk about that. Like, that'd be on my number one on my Tinder app. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my Tinder profile—that'd be my number one thing.
0: That's amazing. Um, yeah. all right. Slap so, right. So that's it, man. That's an episode of They Would Have Got Away With It. The Golden State Killer. He would have uh, had not had we not have DNA technology and this kind of new, you know, ancestry tracing thing. That's I mean, it's not that new, but now it's being used in this way. So it's interesting. Right. Um. But yeah, he didn't. He 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 wasn't covering his bases enough because he would have got away with it. Um,
1: yeah, and I think it also helps too. Just real quick, um, that you know, different that there's like a more uh, there's back in the day, uh, police like it was way more territorial with the police for whatever reason. Like different areas didn't work together, uh, and there's probably still some of that, but it appears that they're kind of getting past that and they're actually working together to help solve these things. And that includes having like a DNA database stuff. So uh, that's a big, big help with these things. And we've come a long way, thankfully in the positive when it comes to that sort of stuff.
0: True. True. We'll see where we go from here, right? It's going to be, it's going to be really crazy what we're able to do in the future. Uh, anyway, uh, that's up for me. You have anything else before we close up the creeper clubhouse and head out?
1: Uh, I can do a couple more impressions if you want me to, (laughs)
0: before you do uh did you have any kind of case you thought you might want to cover for the next one
1: um I, I'm I'm thinking I want to do I want to do one that's way less heavy <laughs> so um so maybe like uh maybe one of someone who's uh, like a you know tried to uh, do some fraud or something like that not that that's there's no victims of that of course there are but yeah. you know it's seems less heavy to me so maybe something like that i haven't remotely decided yet all right. um, on our facebook page if you have suggestions for this series please uh, let us know yeah uh, we'll definitely read them all and, and look into them Heck
0: yeah uh, and i feel like somebody yeah. sent something recently and i was like that'll be a good episode but i can't remember if it was for this or not so if so i'll look back and then maybe throw it out there but uh yeah we'll look into something that's not you know serial killer or or murder related something a little bit different uh yeah to kind of change up the flow of this show um but other than that for johnny townsend the uh the voice extraordinaire this is chris chavez creepers thanks so much for listening we'll see you later